Welcome to this bonus episode of Married to the Ministry. In episode 14, I introduced my friend Gina Floyd, who is a precious pastor's wife and a wonderful encourager of pastor's wives. She had so much great stuff to share with us that we added an extra segment so you wouldn't have to miss any of it. So here we go with the rest of my conversation with Gina. I wanted to ask you about, I know that you did a really good job, um, an effective job, I guess I should say, of building a culture. I know you and Dr. Floyd both, the culture on your church staff was very important to you. Mm -hmm. And y'all, y'all had a vision for how you wanted the staff to function and, um, you know, get along well. And that was possible, I guess, over years as you were building and adding to your staff. We have not always been part of a staff that had a friendly culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, we are now building a staff from scratch, pretty much. How can you foster, not that we all need to be best friends, and I've told my wives that. We don't need to be best friends, but we need to be friendly. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. So what are some ways that you have found, and, and again, I know you know, more wives are working now, and, um, and all that kind of interchanges the culture of the church staff, but what are some ways that you have found to be helpful to bring unity and connection within your staff group? Well, it's been many years of cultivating, and when we first came here, I was the youngest staff wife, and we had a very small staff that would fit around one round table. And I was the oldest one, and I felt really insecure because I didn't feel like I had any kind of authority or more knowledge or anything than the older women around the table. But we embraced one another. Mm -hmm. And Ronnie had wanted me to start a monthly luncheon. And so that's how it started way back when. As our staff grew, we continued the monthly luncheons, and we weren't terribly large then, so we would meet in homes, which was really a joy. And then as our staff continued to grow, it got to be quite taxing Mm -hmm. for a hostess to have that Mm -hmm. many women. And by that time, I was the (laughs) middle-aged wife. I was no longer the youngest. And um, as time went on, um, in the years before we left Cross Church, I became the older woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it remains a mystery to me, but... Because you still look so young. And you I don't know so about that. But anyway, I became the older woman. And I just developed such a deep love for ministry wives, seeing what they go through, knowing their life. It's the only life I've ever known. And I just felt like I loved the church. I loved being in ministry. And if I could impart to those young wives to find the joy of serving as a minister's wife, to know how to overcome those obstacles, literally to learn how to love their husbands and how to raise their children in the church and all of those things that ministry wives go through that is very unique. And so they're 
is a real companionship among the wives getting together. By the time we left, our staff was so large that I would have probably around 35 to 40 women at our luncheons. And um, these women were from different campuses. And when they were from different campuses, they would never cross paths Mm -hmm. with other staff wives. And because we were committed to one church in many locations, we still have a home base. These are not independent churches and campuses, even though they have full staffs. And so they might not even know. And even if you served on the same campus with another wife, Sunday mornings are not the time yeah, to you get don't to see anybody. No, no, you don't have right. time. You're working. You're, you're, working, you're busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're serving. You're walking alongside your husband. I found that some of these wives, some deal with loneliness. I personally have not dealt with loneliness probably because I am an introvert, but everybody's wired differently. Mm -hmm. And I found that especially new wives coming in, moved away from family and all familiarity, if they can just connect with one other person. And so our staff had become so large that I couldn't touch everybody mm-hmm. the way that I maybe did in the, the younger years when our staff was small. And so it really became a connecting network. And it was just a sweet time of fellowship. We did that for all the so years. you didn't have a program or anything no, like that? And you I de- just No, I determined we would not do. Yeah, they had options through church and each of their campuses If they wanted to do a Bible study or be a part of a women's group, they could do that. Their choice, their time. This was for us to get acquainted with one another. And I always planned things that just were for fellowship. That was our purpose. It was not to do Bible study. It was not to have a prayer meeting, although we always prayed. It was to become aware of the specialty and the needs of the group within us. And sometimes there needs to be a safe place for staff wives to land. And it might not have even been in front of the whole group, but it might end up being that person sitting next to her at a table. I've also seen that um, as it is, you know, you can have conflict between staff members. Oh, yes. <laughs> and between husbands, it seems like the husbands can have conflict and go out and play golf on the weekend. Right. But the, we, the wives, they don't... We they take don't, on the offenses yes, of our loved ones. we take on the offenses, yes. But I could see um, hearts softened and tender towards one another when you're sitting around a table with women that you serve with, your husband serves with. It just softens the heart. Love does cover a multitude of sins. So, Well, and I know sometimes... Um, over the years, you know, maybe Greg is having to deal with a staff member who's not mm-hmm. quite doing what right. needs to be done. Right. But that really shouldn't impact my relationship with his wife. I can still love her, yes. even if her right. husband's causing my husband some, right. <laughs> some stress. Right. And that is one thing I have learned that yes. that I can still be gracious 
and yes. kind to her. Yes. Because she's still serving the Lord. She's still serving the church. Right. She's still serving her husband. And and it might be a signal of an issue in their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And she might not know that her yes. husband's slacking. Slacking. <laughs> you know, yes. And I sure don't want to be the, yes. you know, but. Yes. Um, Why? Before I forget, okay. let me say this. I never wanted to be the staff wife Gestapo. Mm. That was never going to be my role. I did not confront staff wives. If there's a problem, the staff member over that person is the one to confront, not me. I wanted to be their encourager. I wanted to build fellowship. I wanted to be where they came. And so I think there's a difference. There's not think. There's a major difference in a pastor's wife or other minister's wife who wants to lord over the staff wives. And I think that'll get you in trouble really quickly. That's not my role. That's not my position. I wasn't paid to do that. My calling was to love these women, to help them live life as a ministry wife. And hopefully when they'd lived in ministry life, as long as I did, they would still love the life of being a minister's wife. What about uh, ladies who maybe their husband's the only person on their church staff or 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 just a, f- a few or, you know, like we've served before and there was no harmony in, mm-hmm. in the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's craving that. Fellowship, yes. Yeah, I mean, should she try to initiate that in her staff? And that's hard if you're not the lead pastor's wife. Right, it is. Um what advice would you... Well, let me address the pastor's wife who has no staff. And this is one reason I think your podcast is so wonderful, because it is a way to connect, even if you are that single minister's wife on a staff. I would encourage her, find an older woman in ministry and let her be your sounding board. And... Um, some deep friendships can be forged in that way and help meet the need, or even even other local pastors' wives. Right. I just thought of a couple of ladies that I, I don't know why I haven't thought to say this before. Every church we've ever been on, been in, there have been retired pastors and their wives yes. as just members of the church. Yes. That is a great idea, even if you just find a lady in your church who, like your mom, was, yes. you know, mm-hmm. might be a widow now, was right. was married to a pastor, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I think of Miss Gloria and Brother Otto, who yeah. were pastors in our, um, pastor and wife, retired pastor and wife in our church, and she <laughs> just, she would have been a wonderful mm-hmm. She was yes. a wonderful encourager. So that yes. is a really good point yeah. to just find an older yeah. Godly woman like that. And then for the staff that either the pastor's wife doesn't take the leadership to connect the wives, which I think is very sad and tragic because the wives need that. But I don't think you're overstepping your boundaries if you just try to have a connection with another staff wife. Um, if you wanted to plan an event, 
I would definitely call the pastor's mm-hmm. wife. Move it up and, the chain of command. Yes, and say, hey, I'd just like for us to get together, and I would love for you to come mm-hmm. and see how she responds. And, you know, every pastor's wife's not going to respond. But um, you go with what you can. Mm-hmm. And um, so those who want fellowship, provide it. And those who don't, maybe their hearts will change or, Mm -hmm. you know, usually there's some deep hurt Mm -hmm. or um, betrayal that they they don't feel comfortable, you know. And I think determining, again, you don't have an agenda. Make sure you don't look like you've got an agenda. Just fellowship and connection. Sometimes all we need is just one other person to listen, to pray, to guide and help us. And other pastors' wives across our convention, there's a wealth of knowledge in in reaching out to other women. And I feel like I speak for that generation. We love to help the younger women. Yeah, I know there are several Facebook groups for pastors' wives and um, our associational missionary in our convention where we are, she is very intentional about reaching out to the uh, the pastors' wives that are in their their association, and um, yeah, if, if you can't find fellowship in your own church, then yes, you know, look to the association or the church down the street. Or well, I I want to ask about one other thing that's very hard, and I hate that it's even a thing that has <laughs> to be talked about. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of miserable ministry wives, mm-hmm. and you talked in your book about it's hard for a minister husband to fulfill his calling that God has called him to do when his wife is miserable. And I've known men who weren't in the ministry anymore because their wives, they were going to lose their marriage, or perhaps they did lose their marriage because she couldn't deal with Mm -hmm. being a ministry wife. And then he had to wrestle with you know, all those things. Um, I have had times when maybe I was a little <laughs> little miserable as a minister's wife. Um, how would you encourage a woman who's just really about done with it all? Um, you know, I know you have a section in your book, too, on, you know, how to survive. And, uh, you know, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91.1. You know, you're quite clear in here about the Lord himself is our sustainer, is our uh, refuge, is our foundation. And we know that intellectually, but sometimes it is still hard when you have to see that person every Sunday morning who you know is talking about your husband behind your back. or. Or people who are constantly criticizing your children or holding your children to a different standard than mm-hmm. all the other kids in church. Or you, you just are upset because they're not paying you enough money mm-hmm. to survive. Um, so many ways that people are struggling with being miserable. And then the guilt of, I'm supposed to be a Christian, have abundant life in Christ, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I'm not seeing it. What what are what would you say 
to the miserable wife out there who's praying that God would give her husband a different kind of job that did not involve church. Right. Wow. That's a hard one. It is. And the reality of it, we cannot deny or ignore. And so I'm not going to try to act like you just pray through it or you read your Bible more or whatever, Mm -hmm. because we've been in those church situations, not in Arkansas, but we've been in those churches where every decision was a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, It was constant criticism at that point our boys were too little to criticize Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of um, demand on Ronnie and he was gone all the time and it was a very committee structured church and he met with all of them but they were unhappy before we got there and so we walked into a situation that was very hard previous pastors had all left There was several under very bad circumstances. Mm -hmm. So we walked into this situation, and we had left a very sweet, loving Mm -hmm. fellowship that in my naivety as a young, young pastor's wife, I said I could spend my whole life here. And I think they had one grocery store and one gas station in the town. But I was happy. Mm -hmm. And we left that and went to this church that was... um, not a good situation to walk into. And the ironic thing, or maybe not the ironic, but the Holy Spirit thing is that we saw an abundance of people being saved and baptisms and everything. So um, Ronnie says it was glory on Sunday and hell Monday through Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, but I think about that and I think I remember um, just falling on my knees before the Lord and just saying, God, I can't take it anymore. And I called a trusted leader in the church, and I said, they are destroying my husband. And I I could see it. They just beat Mm -hmm. him down. Yeah, I feel like I've prayed Greg out of jobs before. But I thought, (laughs) he's going to have a heart attack if we don't get out of here. Yes. And I remember it was very clear that the Lord basically said to me hang on I'm Mm. going to get you out of here Mm -hmm. and he did you know we learned a lot through that and so difficulties can grow you up Mm -hmm. difficulties can make you appreciate what's really good and difficulties make you fall on your face before the Lord Mm -hmm. and so all those things so I'm not going to dismiss the fact that it goes back to your walk with the Lord, but that's how you're going to survive. Mm-hmm. You're going to, if you stay in his word and you're truly depending on him, then those other things, when those fiery darts come at you, you're going to be, you're going to have the armor of God mm-hmm. on you. Uh, that doesn't mean the darts don't come. Right. Well, and I think a lot of times, I, I know I personally have felt like, Lord, I clearly heard you speak to us. I know we're where you told us to go. And this Mm -hmm. stinks. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel so good. And (laughs) God didn't ever say, we're not going to have troubles. He said, when we have them, he will be there with us. But, you know, you look through scripture and lots of times people were in the middle of mess and terrible things. Yes. In the middle of God's will. That's right. 
Um, and we like to think if we're in God's will, it's mm-hmm. going to be smooth and easy and happy. And that's just a lie. Yeah, And I is. think it took me a long time mm-hmm. to realize my expectations were not truthful. And so yes. many times we mm-hmm. don't, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're living based on a lie, not on the truth. Well, we're quick to claim the promises of God that work for our benefit you know Mm -hmm. we love those but we cannot forget about the saints who endured great hardship who endured conflict Mm -hmm. between them Um, but I really believe that God will sustain you I want to add this right here it's kind of jumping but there are some times when you may need some professional help Mm, some yes. professional counseling to help you deal with what you're dealing with. You can't change other people, but sometimes someone can give you some skills, mm-hmm. some practical, to change your response, biblical or... skills mm-hmm. to help you. And um, you know, I th- I think that as times have changed, ministers have become more open to seeking professional help Mm -hmm. and wives seeking professional help. And, um, I, I'm in favor of that if, if it's necessary. Um, and I would say, try not to walk it out alone, but you have to be careful in, in our convention anyway, like that's another uh, service provided or offered lots of times by our convention offices, the Mm -hmm. state offices. And so, we should never feel like we don't have access That's right. to that kind of, or there are lots of, I mean, it's not even our denomination. There are lots of counseling yes. centers and things. That, that you never have to leave your home. You can be right, anonymous. Online, you can do it online. Yes. Um, or they're particularly skilled in, de, you know, helping ministry yes. families. Yes. Because this is a, a different type mm-hmm. of life. I have a dear friend who ser- her husband serves on the staff at Cross Church, and she went back to school and got her counseling degree. Mm-hmm. And her desire and her calling is to the local church. Mm-hmm. She's not really interested at this point in hanging a shingle outside an office door. She recognizes the need for biblical counseling within the church. And I just think that's such a special calling Mm -hmm. on her life. And I just see how God is using her in a really needful area Mm -hmm. in the church. Well, and there used to be a stigma on that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's very biblical. We're supposed to stir one another up to good love and good works. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to speak scripture to each other. Uh, what is more biblical than having a godly person speaking truth into your life and helping you parse through some of, okay, these habits are not going to get me spiritually where I need to be, you know, and um, that that is a very good word. One thing that I just thought of, too, is um, in dealing with that conflict, the reality of dealing with conflict. And each couple has to come to this conclusion on their own, but they must be true to themselves and to the reality of their marriage. And that is they need to decide how much 
the husband needs to tell the wife. Oh, about what's going on at work. Yes. Yes, that's a yes. really good point. Because people respond differently. And if you fall apart and you go berserk over every little bump, because there will be bumps, sometimes there are mountains, then you're probably not needing to know every detail. Mm -hmm. Ronnie and I practiced in our marriage that if I didn't need to know it, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped us tremendously that we didn't deal with all this stuff when he came home. And because they need a haven from it. Yes, they need to get away from it. They need to be recharged. And that's why mm-hmm. I believe God put men in positions of leadership because they handle conflict in a different way than mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. That's not to say we are weak, but um, we do tend to take up an offense when it's our husbands or our children. Mm-hmm. And you just... You'll get yourself in a mess if you start doing that, and then you try to rectify it. Um, It does no good for you to try and solve the problems for your husband. And I promise you, it makes your husband look like a weak leader Mm -hmm. if his wife, Mm -hmm. his wifey, is trying (laughs) to solve the problems. It makes him look like a weak leader, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to undermine his leadership or his manhood. But... You know, there are going to be times you're going to need to know about things. Another thing before I forget, when you don't know what everything and every detail and every conflict that's going on, when someone approaches you, you can honestly say with full integrity, I have no idea what you're talking right, about. Right, right. And that so doesn't... So they know husband yes, doesn't yes, come home and tell Yes, everything. and if you say that enough... Mm-hmm. They'll get the message. And they'll quit asking. And they'll quit asking. And it'll get around, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Now, on those times when you need to be brought along, you need to really make sure you can hold your tongue. Mm -hmm. Throughout the number of years we were here, we dealt with some really serious issues that confidentially, confidentiality was supreme. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't hold your tongue, you don't need to know. But I think that's also part of the growing process. As you grow in ministry, you learn as a couple, as you grow together, the things you need to know, the things you don't need to know. Therefore, Christ is building your marriage along with the ministry. And as a wife, you learn how to respond better. You find out how your husband needs you to respond. And you grow in your own personal life that you don't fall apart over everything. Or you will have a miserable life. Well, and part of the maturity of being a ministry couple, too, is learning um, everything feels like a crisis in the moment. But so many crisis moments really pass, and nobody ever thinks about them again. Yes. You know, the uh, the blow up, and then everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can't, uh, it, you have to learn how to not put more emphasis or importance on people's, you know, whatever happens to be the 
the mm-hmm. criticism or the mm-hmm. issue of the day because mm-hmm. tomorrow there's going to be a different one and nobody's going to remember <laughs> this one yes. today. But yes. when you're in the middle of it, especially if you're younger in ministry and your first yes. church maybe, it's overwhelming at how many things yes. come your way that you think, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, now I got to deal with this. Now I got to deal with this. Now I got to deal with <laughs> yes. this. And so many of those things really tend to resolve themselves with a little bit of time. And so then the next time they roll around, they're not quite as right. panic inducing right. when they have. I, I do believe another really g- great thing about staff wives having connection with one another Um as we've talked, they're not all going to be your best friend. But I really believe that, that God can show you another staff wife, if you have that many on your staff, that you have a similar heart with. And you can have that trusted friend to, you know, maybe go and have that hard conversation. Talk about your frustration. Pray about your frustration. And I think when you have that kind of a safe place, that really helps you endure those hard times and um, to, you know, put it behind you and go forward. Because like you said, there'll be another one around the next corner. And, um, you know, nobody, I don't think, it's like when a quarterback throws an interception, he bears it more than anybody else. He bears the the fault is my fault. And I think the pastor and his wife, when things, they take it to heart and everybody else may have moved on mm-hmm. and you're still dwelling with it mm-hmm. because, just because, mm-hmm. because conflict is hard. Yeah. Cause you're in leadership. Position. Yes. You're in that position. And so just, you know, maybe finding a trusted friend, um, if you can just have one, mm-hmm. you know, if you can just find one and maybe that's someone outside of your church, mm-hmm. which is even safer, mm-hmm. even yeah. safer. I've had a friendship for over 30 years who is a trusted relationship and she's never been a member of my church. Your husband's job does not depend no, on. No, <laughs> it does not. Yeah, and I can, yeah. I can pretty much say anything I want to to her. Yeah. And um, it's, it's good. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. to have that in your life. Mm-hmm. And you know, it may not, you may not have it right this moment. You may be thinking as you listen to this podcast, well, I don't have anybody in my life. Right. Well, just be patient and grow. Ask the Lord to bring somebody. Ask the Lord to bring somebody. Ask the Lord to show you somebody that you can share heart things with. Mm-hmm. And also there's a time just to be quiet and be before the Lord by yourself, mm-hmm. you know. I find, and a, a professional counselor told me this one mm-hmm. time, and I found it to be very, very effective. I have found that pouring my heart out on paper yes. is very cleansing to my yes. troubled spirit. Yes, it is. And I can say things on paper <laughs> that's not going to hurt anybody else's feelings or not yes. rile up a, or a new argument. But just I'm able to express all of my yes. grief, all of my anger, all of my frustration. Mm-hmm. And it gets it out of my soul. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the hurt is still there, but but it's not quite as heavy when, I mean, even if I haven't shared it with another person, right. just putting it on paper or typing it out or whatever, yes. even if you immediately burn it or yes. delete it. I was going to say, you can torture yes. when you're done. <laughs> yes, but just that mm-hmm. re- has been very helpful with me relieving yeah. some of that, that pressure and 
and angst. Well, and if you read the book of Psalms. Oh, yeah, that's what David's doing. That's what David did. Emotional upchuck all over the place. Yes, yes, over and over again. Yes. And uh, David gives me lots of freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots, of, lots of freedom. Because he to was share still a man feelings. after God's own heart. Yes. And he didn't get it all right. That's right. So, yeah. Well, that is a great place to to end i could talk to you for hours but we we got a lunch no <laughs> we gotta go to lunch <laughs> so but um ladies i just want to say thanks for listening and i am going to give you a link um to gina's book that you can uh, that you can order on amazon i highly recommend it. it's very good and i also wanted to tell you about one other book and i'll just say that this episode of married to the ministry is sponsored by pastor adrian rogers wife, Joyce. She wrote a book called Chosen to be a Minister's Wife. And this is a very good book. Also, she not only gives personal details from her marriage to Adrian Rogers and their ministry life together, but she also gives very clear steps for how to deal with some of these hardships that we've talked about, about being a pastor's wife. And, you know, lots of practical tips in here that will help you embrace delight in your ministry link a life calling, and I highly recommend it. So I will put a link to that in the show notes as well, um, along with Miss Gina's book. And uh, I'm just going to say thank you, Gina. I appreciate your your modeling. I appreciate your mentoring of me and your encouragement of me and how I've seen you encourage other ministry wives. And I, I'm trying to be more like you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. you're very kind and very sweet. I'm so, so glad that the Lord brought us together um, as he did and that now we get to continue we do. occasionally to get together again yes. in person. And um, I just am applauding what you do. It's needful. It's helpful. And um God bless you in doing this. Thank you. Well, ladies, I'm going to close like I always do um, until we uh, get to hang out together again next time. Keep loving Jesus, keep loving your husbands, and keep loving your people. 